Welcome to Elevate Ed for SC, a video vodcast series exploring education transformation in South Carolina. I'm your host, Rashonda Pratt. If you believe that it's time to elevate the conversation from traditional reform ideas and move to real transformation, then you're in the right place. In this series, you'll hear success stories of how education transformation is already happening in some South Carolina schools. This vodcast first season tells stories, raises questions, and looks at solutions, some radical and some right in front of us. We look forward to sharing those stories with you. The sponsors of this vodcast is All for SC, a University of South Carolina initiative that is leading the way in advocating whole child approach to education. We are coming to you from the beautiful Kennedy Greenhouse Studio on the U of SC Horseshoe Campus. In this episode, we will talk to you about tangible resources to achieve whole child education. As we've all seen with the pandemic, a big part of schooling today is equitable access to the internet. Our first guest is Jim Stritzinger, the director of the South Carolina Broadband Office. Jim has worked on digital inclusion issues for decades in both the public and private sectors. And he is joined by a familiar face, Barnett Berry, one of our regular contributors. He is a research professor and senior director for policy and innovation at U of SC's College of Education. Jim and Barnett, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much. Great, great to be here. Great to be back with you, Ro. I'm good really to see you, Jim. excited about this topic, especially, Jim, we're <laughs> going to get started with you. Uh, can you give some context exactly about what broadband is and why it's so important to our state's economic future? Well, to get out all the jargon, let's just cut it down. It's, it's high-speed Internet. It's bringing the Internet into people's houses, mm -hmm. and we talk broadly about it in two, two, two ways. One is access, which is physical infrastructure, and then adoption, which folds in all the affordability components and digital skills and everything I know we're here to talk about today. Jim, your office talks a lot about this digital divide, and I've heard that term a lot, especially during the pandemic. What exactly does that mean? So it means a couple of things, but I'm going to start on the infrastructure side. Broadly, it's a community that has no infrastructure in the ground. There's no internet available, and a lot of people don't know that in South Carolina. You can visit a town, mm -hmm. and that town has no internet not a single resident. And then you get on the side, once you have infrastructure available, then we, of course, we need to bring it into a family home. And that's where the skills have to be there, and mm -hmm. somebody has to bring it into the home and choose to subscribe, right? Because it's not required utility, so each resident gets the choice to bring it into their home or not. Barnett, let's bring you into this conversation. You've been doing a lot of work on statewide policy analysts according to whole child approach and um, education. So how is this broadband related to that topic? Oh, first of all, I, it, I'm liking digital inclusion, yeah. not just access, but connectivity mm -hmm. and opportunities to learn and lead for kids and their families and with their educators is the lifeblood of our future. If you think about what's the really purpose of public education, it is to prepare young people for the future. The future is the internet. Just look at all the jobs that have left us and look at all the jobs that are on its way that we've got to have kids ready for. Barnett, we were talking off camera before we started uh, the show here, and you were telling us about this alarming statistic that speaks to what you just said. Oh, we're here in this beautiful journalism um, venue here, right, and our technical director is Britt Hogg, who's doing a magnificent job, and Britt, mm -hmm. thank goodness you have a job for the future. Think about this. Between 1990 and 2016, the newspaper industry 
lost over 60% of its jobs. Yeah. At the same time, the internet publishing industry and the broadcasting industry went up by almost 600%. Wow. We've got to prepare kids to learn through and with technology and ready for the age that is well on its way of innovation through technology. Jim, uh, what work is your office doing to address this digital divide? Can you give us some examples? Well, sure. First of all, Barnett, just picking up on yours, you know, the thing that keeps me up at night is thinking about our six-year-olds that have no internet. Because, you know, if, if us adults don't get this done fast, we're going to wind up with 16-year-olds that are unemployable. <laughs> wow. And yeah. so time, it's the fierce urgency of now to really connect and get it done. And um, so we have, to, we have to really attack quickly. So we got to get the infrastructure there, and then we need to rapidly bring it into homes and, and make a difference on that. Yeah, and here's the, uh, the really important nexus, uh, Roe and Jim. Uh, our state, thanks to Jim's leadership and mm -hmm. many others, is and rapidly moving towards some broadband policy that's going to push us toward more digital inclusion. At the same time, the state has been developing a pretty profound technology plan, but they haven't come together yet. And our policy analysis, among many issues that we raise uh, around whole child possibilities in our, state, in our state, has to begin to put those two pieces of the puzzle together directly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we're getting there. You know, the state agencies are working together like never before. So one of the things we do very clearly on the infrastructure side is we map very accurately where we have stuff and where we don't. And we have, you'll be heartened to know that uh, South Carolina Department of Ed, we've actually mapped every single school student, 785,000 street addresses into the map. So we know exactly where the kids live wow. and where the infrastructure doesn't exist. So the work of the future is mm -hmm. anytime, anywhere, as yeah. long as you have broadband access and utility and supports. But think about learning too in the future, aware and our colleague Vic Young talks about this so beautifully, is that learning is not just inside the 7.30 to 3 o'clock day. Right. It's in the community. Mm -hmm. It's connected to industry. Um, Jim, I have to turn to you, too. When we were doing this policy analysis, you gave me one of the most thoughtful insights <laughs> that I've ever heard around the relationship between kids learning in schools and uh, digital inclusion. Mm -hmm. Well, a big opportunity when we talk about speed, you know, it's getting the infrastructure there and then it's rapidly bringing the internet in the family home and th the best vehicle for doing that is the students right the kids can go yeah. home if they go home some some students have a caregiver um, a mom or dad or a grandmother grandfather that cares for them during the day after school well that's the best vehicle and they we can turn these kids into the IT directors for their own home I love that their own it's, IT director I love yeah, that this has huge implications for curriculum mm -hmm. and even how we assess whether schools are doing the job they need to do we need to change our accountability system as well as the way we teach kids and the way we expect them to learn if we're going to help them get ready for the future and that is the purpose of public education so our young people can thrive in the future. Barnett, really quickly with your work that you do, what have you seen from the teacher aspect concerning this? Oh, uh, Teachers are innovating left and right and particularly during the pandemic we saw them find pedagogical innovations uh, mm. that uh, they had heretofore not utilized. We need to tap into what they've learned and kept them connected to the, all the out-of-school providers and even these uh, technology companies that are trying to bring access to our communities. Teachers ought to be involved in that strategy. It's been great and you know I'm 
having knocks on my door every day where companies want to provide devices, they want to work with communities. Um, interesting statistic, the number one reason families do not adopt the internet is one is cost, mm -hmm. but the second is they don't have a functioning computer. Yeah. You know, why bring internet yeah. in your house if you don't have a PC? So fortunately, a lot of the school districts have invested in the one-to-one -one device programs. Mm -hmm. And given the child a device, but if they go home to a digitally dark house, you know, that's a disaster and there's no, no growth going on in that child's mind. This is definitely a conversation that we're going to continue having Absolutely. during this vodcast. Jim Barnett, thank you so much for being a part of this discussion today. In our mm -hmm. next segment, one of our regular contributors, Vic Young, director of All for SC, continues the conversation about the digital divide and what local work is being done to address it. segment, we welcome Vic and Phyllis Martin. She is the CEO of the Tri-County Cradle to Career Collaborative. Her organization works to address educational inequities in the low country. Phyllis and Vic are both involved in work to close the digital divide in our state. Phyllis, Vic, so glad to have you a part of this conversation. So Thank glad you. to be here. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm interested, Phyllis, to know what your organization, Tri-County Cradle to Career, is currently doing to be involved in this digital inclusion efforts. Can you tell us more about what you're doing? Absolutely. When the pandemic uh, came, right, mm -hmm. Tri-County Cradle to Career uh, used its model, it's a collective impact model, and asked the community what was most on their mind when it came to resiliency. How would we ensure as a region that kids and families were going to come back better? And through our qualitative and quantitative data, the issue of access to broadband and, and digital inclusion rose to the, rose to the surface. Mm. So we've been working with communities and a steering committee um, and have designed um, uh, an initiative that covers four areas. One, we understand that um, access to high-speed internet as a must, and we know that that's taking place uh, right now. We also understand that families have to have the right number and the right types of devices in their homes if mm -hmm. they're going to thrive. The third is digital literacy, and I call that digital adoption. So families and children have to have the um, digital literacy, the understanding of how to use the technology, but also what to do if the technology breaks, or who they can call if they have an issue, or how to use the technology for things like telehealth or telemedicine, or filling out job applications. Mm -hmm. And then of course there's advocacy so that we can reach our goal of digital equity, which means that everybody has the tools and devices and the understanding and knowledge they need to fully participate in society. I love the collaborative effort of this, and I love that it has this four-prong approach. Vic, I want to bring you in to this conversation. In addition to being the director of All for SC, mm -hmm. you are also a member of the South Carolina Broadband mm -hmm. Advisory Council. Who knew there was one? So why is <laughs> access to broadband so important for our young people? Well, Ro, I mean, I, first of all, I think the, the um, earlier segment with Jim and, and Barnett really set the stage for what, for me, on many levels is almost a, uh, a no-brainer sort of assumed reality, and that is that yeah. we're already there. We already live in a world mm -hmm. where access to broadband is necessary for daily life. And so when you hear that there are areas of the state where people do not have access or do not know how to connect to that access, that puts us at risk, not only uh, you know, in terms of the education of our children, but that puts us at risk economically. Mm 
Mm -hmm. And, you know, the other day I went into a restaurant and, um, you know, I just wanted to get, have lunch. So I walk in and I go, can I see the menu? And he said, oh, sure, sure. Uh, but we don't have any printed menus. We only have a QR code. Right. Whoa. Well, first of all, that meant I had to have a smartphone. Secondly, it meant it had to be connected to some kind of internet access mm -hmm. or broadband. And if we are completely, if we can say that there are places where that's not true, we have a problem. The, the other thing I want to just remind everyone, we're coming out of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Going into that pandemic, what happened? People had to stay home. Right. What happened to our kids? Well, we started to try to figure out how to remotely connect with them, but we found very quickly that a number of them didn't have remote access. Mm -hmm. Instantly, we start creating a huge divide between sort of haves and have-nots and in the development of our children that is unacceptable if South Carolina is to go where South Carolina wants to go. So that's, that's why it's, for me it's a no-brainer, absolutely what we need to do. Vic, thank you for bringing in your personal experience because I think so many times for those of us who have access to broadband, mm -hmm. we live in our own bubble yep. and we don't see what's really happening. So Phyllis, with the work that you're doing, can you give us a tangible example of what this looks like for a child mm -hmm. who doesn't have broadband access, an example of that? Absolutely, so what it looks like, and you can close your eyes if you want to and imagine, right? Mm -hmm. That your cell phone and your computer get taken away mm. and you walk out of this door and you get in your car and you oh. don't know how to get somewhere. And then you get home and you need to figure out who am I gonna call because my child is sick. And you have neither of those things. Or you need to research wow. something and you don't have the tools. So the work that we're doing on the ground, our first initiative is taking place um, in the East Side community in Charleston. And so that work consists of working with uh, St. Julian Divine Center, which is, a, is an out of school time community um, location for that, for that neighborhood. We are implementing a community navigator to get to Vic's point, right? Mm -hmm. How do we make sure that children and families have the resources they need and have the help they need once they have the technology mm -hmm. right. that they need? And right. this, the issue of digital inclusion isn't just about access. And in many ways, it isn't just about adoption. It's making sure that families can access things like basic needs. It's not just about the internet. It's not just about the device. But we know, Vic, to your point, that with the pandemic, families were struggling and many still are struggling. So we need to make sure that we're using the technology, one, to help families access and use basic needs and, right, mm. and learn digital literacy, and learn things, and I'm gonna give you an example of um, online, online banking and how to use things online. I was at a community meeting last week and we heard uh, the, the story told that um, in one of the uh, housing uh, developments in Charleston, um, where folks are used to writing checks uh, for their rent, they're not able to do that anymore. They have to mm -hmm. move to online banking. And in the same way that they used to fill out slips, right, when something was wrong right. and they needed repairs, they now have to do that online. And if we don't address this comprehensively, mm -hmm. both through access and adoption, we will be leaving large swaths of our, of our state behind. This was terrifying when you had me close my eyes and I was just imagining that. I was like, wait a minute, this is scary and terrifying, but this is some reality. people's reality in reality. our state. And so yeah. what does this work look like, especially when it's 
about educating the whole child. Can you quickly address that, Phyllis and Vic? What does this look like? This looks like children have the right number of devices for their household, so they have the devices. It looks like they're, they have wire, they have access to high-speed internet in mm -hmm. their homes. It looks like learning going on um, all the time, not just during, during, the school, um, during the school hours. It looks like parents being able to apply for jobs online mm -hmm. or get additional educational training. Absolutely. It looks like, like we're all using now, in, in some ways, access to medicine and telehealth. So what it looks like, wow. just quite honestly, and this is simply said, what we want um, for our own children, nieces, nephews, grandchildren, mm -hmm. is what we should want and make available for all children. Powerful. Vic, do you want to add anything to that? Uh, enough said. I think I Phyllis think, said it all absolutely. there. Absolutely. What we would want for our own nieces and nephews. What we, we should have, have to have for every child here in South Carolina. And that's the point of why yeah. we're having this conversation as vodcast. Right. You guys are absolutely amazing. Phyllis, thank you so much for being a part of this discussion. Vic, as always, we're glad to hear you, uh, have you here with us. Listeners and viewers, you can find more information in this episode show notes. Again, thank you both so much for being here. We've got more lively and engaging conversations like this coming your way. Make sure to connect to elevateedforsc.com for this episode show notes, stories, and additional resources. Uh, follow us on social media at Elevate Ed for SC and tell us what you think about what we've discussed today. Drop us a DM or visit our website or shoot us an email. If you're a podcast listener, please subscribe through Apple or Spotify and leave us, I'm telling you, leave us a five-star review if you like what you hear. Elevate Ed for SC is a production of U of SC's College of Education and College of Information and Communications in partnership with All for SC and the Tri-County Cradle to Career Collaborative. You've been elevated. See you next time.